To the Data Rockstars Coffee Pod uh, with me, Kelly Peters, and me, Regina Lally. We're back with our second episode, yay, to talk about what's happening in the world of data and data protection. And today we're focusing on people's habits and how they're shifting at the moment. So I, I hope you don't mind, Regina. I wanted to kind of kick off uh, this session and talk about habits at home and where you inadvertently disclose information. I'm sure we both know from experience and training, it happens a lot. So what sort of thing were you thinking about in terms of types of information people would be disclosing? Kind of. So, if you, you know, the kind of, we've said in the past, you know, you're on a train and you accidentally overhear someone on the phone and they're giving away their credit card numbers and whatnot. I want to really kind of focus on some of the stories I've seen this week. So Zoom, for example, is a very popular uh, video conferencing tool. And there's been about Zoom bombing. Have you heard of that? Yes, yeah, for sure. But it'd be good to, to sort of tell our listeners what, what that is, just in case they've not heard of it. Yeah, so you kind of get these, um, if you're accidentally promoting your Zoom call in the public domain, uh, people can get a hold of the link and then they can join, even if they're not an invited uh, member. And that happened actually this week uh, with a journalist from one paper joining another call of senior managers talking about very confidential information. And it reminded me that there's no difference between that type of activity and actually telephone calls on a train because they're overhearing and listening to kind of really crazy uh, sensitive information. So I just wanted to kind of um, talk to our listeners and say, do you know what? I think there are things we can learn here. So what do you think that, because um, obviously, you know, you don't want people overhearing information that's that's confidential or sensitive and obviously the impact on people who in that circumstance then maybe found out in a different way about the fact that there was going to be potential redundancies issues at the paper if they weren't part of that meeting um that's not really appropriate so what do you think um, they could have done differently and what can our listeners learn to find out how they can make sure they don't fall foul to the same problem it's a really good question actually i think if you're going to run video conferencing try and um, maintain a waiting room so you know who you've invited and that you're only going to allow in those that you recognize onto the uh, onto the video call i'd also be mindful that if you're sitting in your living room like i am today uh, you've got your your talk on speaker is there anyone else in the house that may overhear stuff that's actually they shouldn't be hearing do you think people think that's okay because it's in their family and they trust those people in their family you know they're not going to say anything so so why should they worry because i think it's easy when you're having conversation with someone else on the phone you may just let it slip that oh did you know i heard this recently and then you're like oh oh i didn't mean to i didn't mean to say that and it's it, it's hard to then take that back so I think it's we need to as I say to people if they're on a train you know you're not in a bubble you know so can you put headphones in when you're having those calls so I know some lawyers and some accountants that are now having video calls and they're plugging in their speakers so the only person that can hear the conversation is them and their client um, which I think is really good practice the other thing I would uh, really suggest is that we all love our uh, devices at home in terms of our Siri or the Google Home or the Alexa but maybe turn them off during the day because you never know. They actually may be listening to, to your chat. Um, and do you really want 
an unknown audience overhearing what you have to say. For sure. So there could be disclosure happening even when you don't really realise. Yeah. So I, I would just say think about your home as a kind of an extension of your office. You know, be mindful of who could be listening in and how can you reduce those kind of uh, risks. And I certainly know that building on that in terms of inadvertently disclosing information, there's a lot of people that are currently really susceptible to scams. And For I know. Sure. <laughs> I know it's something that uh, energizes you a lot. So, you know, tell me something about these scams in particular you want our listeners to really learn about. Yeah, I mean, you know, and certainly any of my friends on Facebook will know that um, I get very frustrated by what are clearly facebook scams that get shared widely and somehow it seems really interesting and one of the things i think has been really interesting about this epidemic is the the rate at which information is shared now the very little that people generally do to check it's whether it's true or not so you'll know having come from the same background as as i did within the nhs that we worked with information and evidence-based medicine so looking at you know it's imperative that you look at what's the source of the information what's the validity of any kind of study the what are the numbers underneath it so that you know is it a reliable source there's all sorts of ways that you can look and, and check whether information is true and valid and needs to be listened to and I think ease of social media just kind of like means people don't engage that stop and think bit and it's too easy to go click and share so one of the things you'll know that really grates me is um the the Facebook scams of the the pages that are what it's called is like farming oh okay so what, what they're trying to do with that is they will set up a page that is very similar to a well-known company. So in the past, it used to be flight, holidays, sort of BA, book. Yeah, and they would have a Facebook page that almost looks the same as the real thing. And then on that page would share some photos that, again, look credible, potentially of some staff or a plane, depending... <laughs> And then would have the, um, this also applies to Range Rover, you know, a car with a big bow on it, iPads, you name it, anything that people want for free. And then they'll have a competition, doing the little air quotes there, a competition to say, you know, we've got, we haven't sold enough or somebody hasn't, you know, hasn't been able to go. So we've got a free holiday to give away. I mean, for starters, that's not how it works. So that's, that's a flag one. And then when you actually look at it, it's not a real offer, but people see the chance to win a competition, get something for free free something that's valuable for free and click and share and it was really interesting because obviously in the last few weeks there's been no holidays no flights so that's not the scam i think it's very quickly into march april time suddenly it was now domino's domino's were giving away a free medium pizza to everybody who liked and shared the post and it, there are some very simple checks you can do to see whether this is a real post I find that really interesting actually and i'll, I'll ask you in a second what you think those simple things are but do you think People like the idea of in these tough times, something for free, which is what's kind of really hooking them in. It's like, oh, I could get a free holiday, but now actually I'm not going anywhere. But ooh, Domino's could deliver. You know, who doesn't like a good Domino's pizza? Oh, for sure. And I, I think everybody always likes something for free and likes the idea of winning a competition. And, you know, I have genuinely won true competitions on Twitter. You know, some good stuff. Running trainers. That was that was probably one of my best hauls. And um, but you just need to check that they're true, that they're not just after your information, because that's what these like farming pages are doing. They're trying to either just through getting you to like the page, share it, get as many people as they possibly can 
what they'll then do is change the focus of the page and start sharing absolute rubbish with you or they've got a list of people who are more susceptible to engaging with that type of scam and will then target them with more detailed scams where they're after more valuable information like your email your bank details and anything if you have to register for a voucher to get back you know really be checking is it a genuine company has it got so facebook and twitter both have uh, little blue ticks by companies where they're genuine you can look at go to the the main website of those companies are they talking about that competition because they would be it's not going to be purely facebook it will be across all their different social media platforms facebook themselves have made it easy for you to check you can look at when that page was set up who is it affiliated to mostly they'll have been set up within the last two days and the likes of Sainsbury's, Domino's, BA, all of those companies will have been around for, I would suggest, at least a good 10 years with, you know, how long social media has been around and the way company pages work. I think you're looking at at least 10 years, but have a check. That information is there and it doesn't take two minutes to just have a look and see, is this the real thing? It's about stopping and thinking before clicking and sharing. And I think if you translate that then into the coronavirus information that we've seen, there is a lot more scams around people trying to again get information share information about the government as if they're coming from the government sorry to say click here because we think you've been near somebody who's got coronavirus that hasn't even been developed yet and, and people are sending out text messages with a view to getting malware on your phone or getting information from you because your data is valuable to them and they can sell it and then that puts you at risk financially. So clearly this exercises you a lot because for the last couple yeah. of years Sorry. I've been, <laughs> been ranting. <laughs> I've been able to interject at all and I'm like, oh, I want to I want to be able to say something. So Sorry. it's not often I get to shut you up, Kelly. <laughs> very true, everybody. Anyone that knows me knows that it's hard to interrupt me. So really, what would you say would be the three things that you would say to our listeners to look out for if to look to see if it was a scam? So um, where they're bigger companies, have a look on the um, social media page. Is it one that you follow anyway? Is it has it got correct spelling? Does it have the little blue tick? So that would be sort of step one. If it's a bigger company, then typically they will include terms and conditions about that competition. So they will normally put a little link to their website that will be to terms and conditions. If you're worried about clicking that link, actually just go directly to their website and have a look and see if they're talking about it. Now, obviously you will get sort of smaller local companies who might run competitions where they don't have blue ticks. But again, just check when the page was set up. Is there another page that's very similar with maybe a full stop, slightly different settings so that actually you can see which is the genuine one and just take three seconds to stop and think before you click the share button because one of your friends has shared it. And I think if we're super techie, um, anyone that listens to the podcast, I think in the description, we might be able to just summarise those three things so people can take it away at the after they've listened. So they might be like, oh, that was really useful, Regina. I hope so. <laughs> stop in and, and pause in. I think in the description, we can put in some, these are the top three things that Regina says we shouldn't do when uh, being excited by a new competition. So I think that's been, I, I really like the the practical approach that you've taken to helping our listeners reduce the risk of a scam. And hopefully, I've hopefully given a bit of advice about how to not disclose information that you shouldn't do this current moment in time. I'm sure we'll both agree that we'd love to hear some questions from our listeners because what's what's really bugging you? What's got you as exercised as Regina <laughs> about, about data protection, which is which excites me. 
clearly excites Regina. For sure. And um, we'd really like to hear more from our listeners. So what we've done is we've set up a way for you to get in touch and either share your thoughts about what we've discussed today or ask us any questions that are burning um, around data or data protection. And so, yeah, give us a shout on coffee at dbxuk.com. That's the email address. And obviously you can follow us on any of our social media channels. It would be great to hear from you. And we will look to cover some of those questions when we reconvene next week. So I think it's been great chatting and talking about the current situation over our virtual coffee. And we hope you've all enjoyed listening to us with your coffee. Hopefully it's a tasty one or tea if if tea is your thing. And um, yeah, please do get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. And we will be back at the same time next week for more data and data protection excitement. Excellent. I'm looking forward to it. Me too.